Hey, Will, like I normally do, I just want to take a moment to tell our listeners to make sure they hit us up on social, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, wherever you might see us. Make sure you're sending us something. Also, you can email us directly at AppalachiaMeetsWorld at gmail.com. If you get a moment, shoot us a line, give us some feedback. Yeah, and wherever you listen to the podcast, make sure you subscribe to Appalachia Meets World. It just helps our podcast, but it also helps you know when we're releasing a new episode. You know, those boys are on that bus and they're coming down that mountain parkway and they've never been to a place like this. And that's, you know, it's, to me, that's our advantage. They're going to get on those windy roads and they're going to feel a little claustrophobic when they come in these mountains and then it'll open up here on Friday night and hopefully we'll bust in the mountains. Appalachian Meets World, a podcast about place and perspective, but always Appalachian. And don't forget, Will, tonight's episode is powered by SOAR. Shaping our Appalachian region. If you're an entrepreneur out there, especially in eastern Kentucky, check them out. Perfect. Appalachian Meets World, we are back another week. It's Will. And Neil. What up, my brother? I say all the time, this time of year is like Christmas morning for you. Start of high school football in Eastern Kentucky last week. We are on our football episode. College starts this week. So, like I said, kind of like Christmas morning for you, huh? Yeah, you let me get one favorite in a year. And uh, I don't know, man. I'm thinking about getting somebody, getting another football episode at the end of the season, if you'll let me do that. But this one's definitely my favorite. You know that. Well, maybe we can follow up after the Appalachian FBS countdown. I don't know if people remember last year, but Neil and I created our own division of football. We have all this restructuring in college now. We kind of started the trend last year when we put the 17 Appalachian teams in a division and, and made our picks week after week. We'll do that again this year. Maybe at the end of the year, you can have another football episode. Absolutely. I love it. I, I think it's also hilarious that you think people don't remember. You know what they remember? <laughs> they remember that I whipped your tail in the Appalachian FBS last year. That's what they it remember. Close. It was close, man, to the last Blood week. Kicking. It wasn't close. I could. I, I mean, it was a it was a landslide. Yeah, I still got to send you the belt, the championship belt. But yeah, uh, I'm still I'm still waiting on that. New year, new year. I, I'll tell you one thing. I did watch. Speaking of football, I watched your your recommendation, Johnny Football Untold. Uh, unbelievable, huh? That kid has some issues. <laughs> <laughs> you think? <laughs> I've never, never met or even watched on TV someone as arrogant and cocky as Johnny <laughs> Football that just didn't care. He didn't know what to do at first, and then he just embraced the arrogance, and then he lost control. <laughs> <laughs> I think I think just from listening to him on the documentary, like in, in present day, he still doesn't care. He just no. doesn't care. I I would agree with that. He's uh he's definitely a unique character, and uh, I I would say that's not the last time we'll see Johnny Football on the big screen. What do you think? I, I tend to agree with that. I think he'll find his way back somehow, some way. But I will say uh, unique is a good word. It was definitely a unique watch. I got another unique watch for you now. Uh, since we're talking about football this episode, you, you and all of our listeners, maybe make sure you watch uh, the new one that just came out, Swamp Kings. Oh, my goodness. You need to check that out for sure. Urban Meyer, man, was a different cat, and I didn't know it. Yeah, you got to check that one out. I uh, will do. I'll put it on my list. So, Will, you got any? Uh, you got any app news for us tonight? Yeah, I got a little bit of app news, Neil. I wanted to mention the struggles that West Virginia University is going through right now. About two weeks ago, right before the fall semester, they announced or recommended eliminating 32 academic programs, merging 15 others, and cutting faculty positions, I think around 170 in 22 departments. 
if that happens, I've heard that it will completely eradicate its languages department, public administration department, and mathematics doctorate degree programs. They're, they're calling it a transformation, but it really changes as it battles a $45 million deficit. I wanted to mention that because of, I don't know if it's misuse of funds that West Virginia has done, but this is pretty drastic considering that school starts here in another week at West Virginia University. I also wanted to mention mention it because of the direct contrast between that and what Marshall University is doing. They are actually increasing some of their academic programs. Their student body is increasing year after year. Also wanted to point out specifically Appalachian State University in Boone, North Carolina, just this year is opening its first extension campus in Hickory, North Carolina, just down the road. I wanted to mention that because this is new for them. This new campus will have 100 undergraduate degrees and 50 faculty. They're expecting around 500 students, but they're suggesting that that will triple in the next couple of years. Appalachian State University is a university of around 20,000 students. So if that triples 1,500, 2,000 students is a significant, not only number, but also opportunity for the people in that area. So that area consists of what they call a unifor counties. It's four counties, Catawba, Burke, Caldwell, and Alexander County in North Carolina, which makes up around 380,000 people in regards to population. So it's a tremendous opportunity for the people around that Hickory extension. So in the wake of the this deficit, in the wake of these cuts of West Virginia University, you can see the other universities in the area, especially in Appalachia, Marshall and, and West Virginia, Appalachian State in Boone, North Carolina, they're actually growing, even expanding their campuses in Appalachian State. So I just wanted to point that out. Another news item, something that we mention every year, the Appalachian Fair is going on right now in Gray, Tennessee. It's the 97th year of the Appalachian Festival. I know we mentioned it in the past. It has a duck as a mascot. If you get on their website, it is AppalachianFair.com. There's a lot of things to check out there. Like I said, it's been going on from August 21st through 26th. So tomorrow is the last day. They've had some, some really great concerts. Zach Williams performed already. Joe Nichols. Chase Beckham tonight. Josh Turner is performing. So if you're near Gray, Tennessee, go check out Josh Turner. And tomorrow night, the headliner L. King is performing on tomorrow night. I'd definitely like to hear her live. I would definitely like to participate in the Appalachian Fair. They've had everything you expect, like from food to rides to music to great Appalachian heritage. But also they have some contests, the Fairest of the Fair, the Little Miss contest. They have a dance competition, the Wool and Woolies contest. They have talent competition, youth talent competitions, a baby show, and a family face-off. So if you're in the area, definitely go check them out. I wanted to keep this brief, but that's really all the app news I'll mention so we can get into the episode. I know you've talked a, a little bit about uh, football thus far, but I was just going to say, man, and I appreciate all the all the app news, but the big story down here for me right now is just this heat wave, dude. It is crazy how hot it is in Appalachia. Really? Has it been bad? Yeah, man. We're talking like soaring temperatures, uh, heat index over 100 every day for the last three or four days. Well, I wonder how that has affected the guest that we're having tonight. I don't know if you want to let people know who we're going to have on the show today, but um, I wonder how that heat has affected him. I'm sure he's had to adjust schedule for sure. But since you brought that up, man, I'm so looking forward to to this episode. Legendary football coaches you don't always get to talk to, man. They're busy people. They are paying attention to the details all the time. They're getting their team prepared and 
And we've had a couple of legends on here in the past. And, you know, tonight is no different because this guy we're about to have on, and I'm sure he'll be humble and he'll talk. He'll be low key because I know him. But I'm telling you what, man, Coach Chris McNamee at Pikeville High School in Pikeville, Kentucky, is an absolute legend. And uh, he has things rolling again at Pikeville High School. And I'm so looking forward to talking to him about his football team, his football program, and just life in general tonight. I, I just wanted to mention, you know, for, for our listeners that don't know, Pikeville High School, it's 1A in, in Kentucky, and that's the smallest division you can have. I think if our listeners have listened to some of our previous episodes, they know that Neil and I are from Pineville. We moved to Laurel County when I was in high school, but Pineville is also 1A, one of the smaller schools in the state so having a tradition at Pikeville tradition of football uh, expertise at, at Pikeville that they've had over the years it means something for those smaller communities it means a whole lot more especially for those 1A schools of how they can compete with the Lexingtons with the Louisville's with every all the other big schools around the state so I'm excited to hear from Coach McNamee it's an honor to have him on with the you know, the career that he has had there. So I don't know, Neil, you want to get into it? Yeah, man, there's something magic in those mountains. Let's talk about it. Listen, baby, ain't no mountain high, ain't no valley low, ain't no river wide enough, baby. If you need me, call me, no matter where you are, no matter head coach of the Pikeville Panthers in Eastern Kentucky. He's a longtime resident of Pikeville and entering his 13th season as head coach at Pikeville. He left for one year and, and, and the mountains just drew him back, but he has four state titles at Pikeville and we're honored to have him on. We appreciate his time. So coach, thanks for being here. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. We wanted to ask you a question that we ask everyone. As most Appalachians are big on history, big on tradition, one of the traditions our family has, we have appetizers at the holidays. We usually have this big spread, gigantic spread of appetizers bigger than the meal. So we wanted to ask you, Coach, what's your favorite appetizer, just holiday dish? Hey, now listen, I told you guys that I, I've listened to several of these podcasts, and this has been something I've, I've studied. <laughs> um, and I had really, really had to think about, but yeah, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna break it up. Thanksgiving and Christmas, uh, nice. Thanksgiving, huge meal for us and, uh, for our family. And I would say at Thanksgiving, the appetizer of choice is, uh, deviled eggs and, uh, Christmas. And I think it's similar to what you guys talk about. Christmas Eve is nothing but appetizers. Um, <laughs> and, and awesome. I, and I think, I think my favorite is, uh, is a good sausage ball. My wife makes uh, a really good sausage ball, and 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 I, I love that evening more than anything. Spending time with family, I get together with my brothers and their family, and there's nothing but appetizers. It's great. Sounds like we can merge our families really easily. I, tell you, <laughs> I think I think you boys fit right in. <laughs> <laughs> well, now that we have that question out of the way, we'll just we'll just jump right in. I just wanted to talk about your background a little bit. I mentioned you were a longtime resident of Pikeville. You actually played at Pikeville. I think you went on to play at Eastern Kentucky, uh, football at Eastern Kentucky. Now you're the head coach at Pikeville. Just what do the mountains mean to you, you know, where you're from there in Pikeville? What brought you back to Pikeville? Yeah, when I, I, of course, I grew up here. My family moved here when I was four years old. We, um, my mom and dad originally from Ohio, and the coal business brought them down here. My dad was in the uh, coal industry, and uh, so this is all I've ever known. Really, grew up here, and and just re really had a great experience childhood growing up, uh, kind of small town USA. And but uh, went to school here and left, and went to Eastern. And then got out and uh, and came right back. Came back as a head, as assistant coach in, in 1993 at Pike County Central High School, which was 
was its first year of existence and uh, stayed there for one year and then uh, was engaged to my wife and we got married and she was working at Toyota in Georgetown. So moved back to central Kentucky and, and coached under Ray Graham there at Harrison County uh, for a couple of years. Uh, came back to Pikeville in, in 96 as the head coach of Pike County Central High School and stayed there for a few years. It's kind of weird. I was at Pike Central. I come to Pikeville from 99 to 04. I go back to Pike Central from 05 to 09 or 08. And then I've been back here since uh, 2009. The mountains just drew you back. Neil, Neil and I like to say there's, there's a little bit of magic in the mountains. I think so. And yeah, my wife's from here uh, up around the, just outside of Pikeville Hill, here in the Millard area. And so we had a lot of family here. You know, I grew up, I'm one of five boys and, uh, my, all my brothers and their families are around here, uh, have one outlier that's in Boston. Uh, my brother Joe lives in Boston and his wife is the head coach at Boston college for their women's team, basketball team. And yeah, just, just family, I think is what brought, brought us all back. I, I wanted to ask you, I don't know if you've seen what's going on at West Virginia University with all the budget cuts. They're getting rid of programs, academic programs, getting rid of some athletic programs. Neil and I have talked about before how important, you know, small town athletics are for a community, especially a community in Appalachia, especially communities in eastern Kentucky. You know, I've heard schools talk before about getting rid of athletic programs because of budgets. But can you just tell us, you know, athletics is not the most important thing, but how is athletics important to a small town like Pikeville, a small town community like Pikeville? Well, I, I've been really blessed. I think that our kids here at Pikeville have been blessed because uh, there's there's so many opportunities. You know, when and I'm sure when you guys grew up, there was, you know, it was football, basketball, baseball, women's right. basketball, softball, and that was it. And now there's – you know, we've added boys volleyball this this year. We've we added oh, bowling, just something we're adding this year. So there's so many opportunities for kids. And I know that sometimes adults want to tell kids that high school is the best time of your life. I don't know if I agree with that or not, but there's a lot that can be learned uh, in those formative years. And I think being a part of a team, having something to do outside of school and the community support they get here is just something that will last them a lifetime and will help them grow and develop into into good people. Tell me about what, what's a Friday night look like in, in Pikeville, Kentucky for, you know, everybody in Appalachia knows or in Eastern Kentucky knows that football is important in Pikeville, but what's a Friday night look like? Tell everybody that's listening what your, your, some of your special moments on a, on a Friday night, what, what happens in the community, what all goes into it. Uh, from a from a planning standpoint and you know is it like friday night lights over there does it last one out turn out the lights what's it like well it, it kind of is and I, I hate to say that because you know some people think it's all about about football and football is important here and uh, we, there's a lot of expectations on these kids but friday nights and and i and i and i want to say that it's just pikeville but it's not it's it's small town usa and it's not just the game. It's it's an event. You know, it's a social event. A lot of people come. There's a lot of people who don't know what game's going on, I think. And they just show up because a lot of other people are showing up. You know, and, and when you think about this, I, you know, Harold Manette kind of stands up a little bit because <laughs> there's nothing like that feeling for these kids. And you, we're getting ready for the Pike County Bowl and uh, we're playing Johnson Central Saturday and they, they're bringing extra bleachers in. And, you know, it just we expect probably the largest crowd we've ever had here at our facility. Just for those kids to get to experience that, I think it's uh, that's awesome. And for the people that, that are coming to support, uh, you know, people come here and catch up with each other, see people they haven't seen in a long time. It's just it's a really big deal. We, we were talking earlier, uh, Neil and I grew up in Pineville, and I can remember making that trip when I was a little kid, when Pineville would make the playoffs, we'd always play Pikeville and get our brains beat in. But I remember making the trip over from Pikeville and how, how important it felt for me as a small kid in regards to the, that small town atmosphere, small town athletics. But I was just going to talk about your team this year. I saw in Max Preps, you all were ranked 14th in the state and some other ones I've seen as high as 12th and but for for the listeners that don't know, Pikeville is a 1A school. 
really small school and you're getting ranked up there with the Lexington schools, the Louisville schools, what does that mean to you as a coach? And is it the consistency that makes Pikeville such a traditional powerhouse or, or what do you think it is about Pikeville? Well, I think we've, we've got really good players. I think you know, sometimes coaching's overrated. You've got to have guys in those uniforms willing to, uh, to do what it takes. And I think that's, that's what we've had. Now we've had a good run here the past few years. And, uh, you know, people were kind of thinking this year is going to be down and, and all that. And we did lose a lot of pieces. I think we only – we have three starters returning on defense, five returning on offense. So you never know how that inexperience is going to hurt you, especially early in the year. But uh, we were able to get off to a good start last week with Pulaski County and uh, didn't play great. We have a long, long way to go. But um, I think what it is here is our, our kids – our kids don't mind working, and uh, and I think a lot of coaches that I talk to, you know, run into that problem. Our kids, you know, they they love being in the weight room in the off season, and sometimes you know we, we have to tell them to back off a little bit because uh, they just they just want to be the best they can, and sometimes they just push themselves a little bit too hard uh, in the off season, and it gets competitive in the weight room, and uh, so I think that kind of carries over, and I think you know, good or bad, they feel the expectations here. You know, we've been lucky to have two back-to-back state championships, and uh, they, I think they feel the pressure not to be the ones to uh, to let people down, so they play for that reason. But uh, more than anything, we have a great group of young men who really get along together, work hard together, you know, respectful, very coachable, um, and just really a lot of fun to be around. Spoken like a true coach there, Will, uh, alluded, <laughs> alluded to the fact that He's got a lot of work to do uh, this year to get things on the right track. But like you said earlier, 1A school beats a 5A school in week one. And, uh, you know, from my vantage point, it was uh, – he pretty much handled uh, – and I got a lot of respect for the guys over at Pulaski County too. But Pikeful uh, really, really played well last week um, from what I saw. So congratulations on that win. And – you said it, you, you alluded to it, but I did want to ask you about, you know, what makes – I know you've been successful here lately, but overall, man, Pikeville has been successful in football for 30-plus years, long as I can remember. You said it's it's work. It's, it's hard work. Your kids don't mind to work. Is that the secret ingredient for creating a, a tradition that, that lives on forever? That's what I tell our boys. It's, uh, you know, when, when we stop working hard, start doing the little, stop doing the little things, that's when all this is going to end, you know, and that's, and that's something that we as coaches, uh, you know, try to get across to our players too, is that I don't want to put pressure on kids, but we can never be comfortable with where we are. Um, and that, that's happened to me in the past, you know, a couple of years ago, we, we beat Hazard, you know, three or four touchdowns regular season come down here in the second round of the playoff and they beat us by, I think, nine or ten points, something like that, because that that comfort. And, uh, you know, we, we felt good going in and, and things didn't go well. We didn't play well. But I think a lot of that had to do with preparation, and that's all on me. So, you know, I remind our coaches, I remind our players all the time that, you know, we're not going to be satisfied with where we are. When we stop working hard and when we stop paying attention to detail is when uh, things will start going south. I'll tell you, I spoke earlier, Neil and I, when I was in high school, I moved from Pineville, which was at the time one of the smaller schools in the state, to uh, Laurel County, which at the time was the largest school in the state. And I got a nickname when I when I started playing there as being hard-nosed. They call it hard-nosed. I feel like it was just the mentality of the mountains that really carried me through in, in playing at Laurel County. And they noticed that. And like you said – your, your boys tend to work a little bit harder than anyone else, almost like we have a chip on our shoulder in the mountains, you know, working that hard. But I wanted to ask you about exposure. A lot of the times those mountain kids are working as hard, if not harder than any other kids around the state. But a lot of times they don't get looked at. They, they don't get recruited like the Lexington schools, like the Louisville schools. Why do you think that is? Do you think it's where you're from or do you just think it's lack of exposure in Eastern Kentucky? That's always a tough question because we've we've tried, and especially the past few years, is that we've played the Madison Centers, we've played the Lexington Christians, and you know, we we've tried to get out and, and play teams with a 
what you may call a bigger market or whatever that you know there's more press or whatever and our kids have played well and and we have had kids that have gone on and, and been recruited and uh, we had five signed with the University of Pikeville this year. And, of course, that's right here in our hometown. Uh, we had one, Carson Wright, took a PWO to the University of Kentucky. And then we've got you know, Jackson Hensley at UK, my son Isaac's out at, at Murray State, Christian Builders at, at center. We've got some guys out there. But I think uh, I think you're right. You you talk about that hard nose, and that's something else we talk about is, is physicality. You can't play this game without that piece. And, and not all kids are super physical kids, but – but there's ways to get around it. And there's going to be there's going to be times where you know you're going to stick you're going to get in there. And sometimes you're the windshield. Sometimes you're the bug. But you know when when you go down, you better be grabbing onto something. And you may get run over. But it's like, hey, I don't care if you get run over. But if that guy comes down with you and you make the tackle, that's all we're worried about. Get up, dust yourself off. We'll play the next play. And I think uh, you know we've kind of taken that mentality. And I think you know when teams come in I, I love it last year we had Lexington Christian and Madison Central come to our place and you know people say that teams won't play you and that kind of thing and I, and I, I don't buy into all that I think our location makes it hard for some teams to to want to play us but you know we had those both of those come down this year and and I just love it because in, in my mind I'm thinking you know those boys are on that bus and they're coming down that mountain parkway and they've never been to a place like this and that you know it's to me that's our advantage they're going to get on those windy roads and they're going to feel a little claustrophobic when they come in these mountains and then it'll open up here on friday night and, and hopefully we'll bust in the mouth <laughs> i love it will you gonna you gonna tell everybody what that nickname was uh no i wasn't going to <laughs> <laughs> you got to keep our listeners wanting more right no, but you touched on a good point, Will, and I've seen that with, um, you know, and I know, Neil, your boys are in uh, middle school level. And there's all this uh, FBU and all these things going on with the middle school level that, that hasn't always been, and it's probably the last, what, seven, eight years that that's really taken off, and we've had some kids involved in that, and that's and that's something that, you know, some of our parents kind of noticed that, you know, our kids that go there and play against some of these other kids they bring a little more physicality to the game than than what some of the others do neil touched on like the long tradition you you talked about the long tradition of pikeville what i wanted to ask you about like friday night traditions i know after after games we used to have a song that we would sing in high school different things like that do you have any traditions at pikeville that you all do every friday uh, morning every friday night or every friday after the game yeah, we kind of do. You know, every Friday morning we we come in and uh, you know our parents come in and and fix us a breakfast before school. So at seven fifteen, they come in while we breakfast as kind of a team together and get over to school before uh, before the bell rings and and then you know after the game uh, and this started years and years ago. But you know we make everybody learn our our school song, our fight song. Uh, you know we win. They go over to in front of our student section and they'll sing you know, the fight song together and a little thing they call Maroon Brothers. And, and then we go in the locker room, and this isn't something, I, I don't know if it's been out there or not, but but they have something called Club Dub, where we've got a little, uh, I guess, like a little strobe light. And live, <laughs> probably for about the past 10 years, they, they start off with Ain't No Mountain High Enough. They kind of sing and do their little dance. And there's a couple of songs they have, and they do that. And, you know, it's like a little mosh pit there in the locker room. But, uh, they have a really good time with it. So it's a lot of fun watching. Watching? <laughs> no, we don't. I did kind of uh, – I ruined our couch. We have a couch in our locker room. And I got a little excited after one of the games. I went and I jumped off the couch into the group of them. And uh, that's the only time I've been involved. I tore our couch up, and we've had to get a new one. But, um, but that's the only time that I've been involved. <laughs> Maybe my next Pikeville game, I, I can I can witness the the Dub Club. I, I'm uh, yeah. I, I got maybe maybe uh after the state championship, I I can uh, come in the locker room. <laughs> well, I, I hope we can get there. Are you a participant in Hillbilly Days? Oh no, I'm, um, I, I live in town. I live uh, you know just just barely out of the Hillbilly Madness is what I call it. 
Um, <laughs> but I, I usually don't partake in hillbilly days. You know, I know there's good food, and, and you know, my wife and kids and their friends really enjoy it. We used to have a, a golf scramble, and we called it the hillbilly shootout. And one of the reasons I love doing it is because I didn't have to go downtown. Um, I went up to the golf scramble. But uh, I, I know how important it is for our area. I'm glad that it's here, and I'm glad that it, it's back up since COVID, you know, really back into full force. And uh, it's great for our area. Um, and it's great for the, the Shriners Hospital. But um, it's just, there's a lot of people and uh, a lot of sweaty people. <laughs> Speaking of sweaty people, uh, you talked about it earlier. Johnson Central comes into town Friday night, uh, expecting right. the biggest crowd ever. Can you put a Can you put a number to that? Do you know how many people might be at the Pike County Bowl this weekend? Man, I don't know. I would say the first game's between Prestonsburg and Eastridge, and then I would think towards the end of that game, the first part of our game, it will be because it's always crazy. And, and Neil, you've been here. We've only got bleachers on one side of the field because we have a you know dual purpose field with our baseball team. I think it holds twenty five hundred. So I'm gonna I'm gonna think there'll be six thousand people here because I, I think it's gonna be packed. They brought some extra bleachers in the parking lot over there and you know and, and the good thing about it for us it'll be packed with Johnson Central people because Johnson yeah. Central folks travel really well and they've got a really good football team. Really it's kind of the only thing around on Saturday night. So as far as the game. Um, you know, several yes. teams are going to play Friday night. So it's kind of the only game in town. As a coach, maybe even as a player back in the day, do you have any superstitions? Well, I kind of – I do the – kind of the same routine, and I'm, I'm not going to get into all of it here. But uh, <laughs> on on Fridays, I just – you know, I don't I don't know if you guys know, but I'm I'm the transportation director here. And I I had – you know, after schools, I, I drive a bus. That's why we don't practice till 4 o'clock. But um, – but on Fridays, I'm going to drive my bus. I'm going to make sure all the buses are back, lock up the bus garage. I'm going to go home. I'm going to take about a 20-minute nap, and uh, then I'll get right back down here. But during the day Friday, there's some things that I do that, that I, won't, I won't go into because, you know, it's just it's not relevant. And I don't think anything, you know, some of us coaches sometimes we're like, well, you got to wear that because you wore that against so-and-so. I, you know, and part of me believes it. But um, – you know, that, that doesn't have a difference in in what the, how the boys play. We just got to come out and play each week. Well, I heard you. I heard you allude to another superstition in a in a talk you did last, uh, I guess, back in the spring about your lucky charm. You know, your lucky charm has moved on to, to coach at, a, at another school. You want to tell our listeners a little bit about that 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 tale? Yeah, that guy. He's we we miss him here, Yogi Davis. Stephen Davis is his real name. Yogi's his nickname and, and what he goes by. But Yogi comes to us in 2000. It was in the spring of 2018, and uh, he had he had married uh, his wife Lucy, and and Lucy's mother teaches here at Pike. When Lucy grew up here, before she moved away, kind of at a young age. But anyway, they met at college, and they were wanting to move back. And um, you know, and I'm not saying we're not diverse here, but Yogi's a, an African American from Florida through North Carolina and he came up and he wanted to talk about possibly coaching. He came over one day and, and we talked super intelligent, knew the game of football. You could tell he was passionate. I just didn't think we had much hope of getting him here because, uh, you know, a lot of times people that they were coming from like Charlotte, North Carolina to come to Pikeville, you know, that's, that's a big change. And, uh, but they came in and let me tell you that guy, you talk about a worker, um, not not only on football field. I mean, he'll work. He'd work with any guy football field uh, and make them better. But he was a great teacher. He was a special ed teacher. Came in, joined the MAP program, got his degree. Um, did great things with kids over at the school. Um, obviously, did good things for us here. Um, but he came in, like I said, eighteen, two thousand eighteen. We go to the state championship. Uh, Beachwood beats us twenty-one to twenty. Win at nineteen have a relapse in 20 and then, uh, and then 21, 22 were able to win it. So that guy, he was here five years and he was, he finished his four of those years on Kroger field. He wanted, I, you know, I think ultimately his goal was to, is to coach college, but he wanted a high school head job and the Frankfurt job came available and uh, he and I talked about it and he's a great fit for Frankfurt young guy willing to work, willing to work hard. And I think that that's what that program needs. 
had a tough game last week, but but I know him. He's gonna he'll make it right somewhere down the road. As a longtime resident of Pike Falls, a longtime resident of Mountain, what's your fa- favorite thing to do in Eastern Kentucky? I don't know. I'm kind of like the kids. There's nothing to do here. Um, <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what all these young people say. <laughs> but and that that's kind of the way I like it. I'm not a I'm not. Uh, you know, working and doing stuff. I, you know, I've got an awesome family. My wife, uh, she and I are empty nesters now, and everybody says that must be terrible. Hey, we love it. Um, <laughs> we get uh, we get to do a lot of things that uh, you know, just kind of hang out and things that we didn't do. We were chasing kids all over the place. But uh, we'll, this fall, we'll travel a lot. We traveled out to Murray uh, about every Saturday last year. They had a home game and even some of their away games and. We've got two of our kids are in Lexington, so we'll go up there and see them. And they'll come in for a weekend, which is just the right amount of time, Friday, Saturday night, and then they need to go on back <laughs> Sunday. Do you have a favorite restaurant in Pikeville? I do. There's. Uh, it depends on what we're – you know, everybody's got a Mexican restaurant. And we've got we've got four or five here, I think. But um, <laughs> there's a place called uh, the Broken Throne downtown Pikeville, and all they serve is burgers or chicken. In my opinion, they make one of the better burgers around. Other than that, that that's probably my favorite here in Pikeville. Nice to give them a shout out. I wanted to ask you real quick: cornbread or biscuits? You talking sweet cornbread or cornmeal cornbread? Mm. I'm talking real cornbread, so definitely not sweet. <laughs> All right, like I said, my, my, that, that's why I am. A lot of these people like the sweet. And I was like, that's cake. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, but my, my my wife and you can tell uh, of course I'm sitting down but you can tell if I stood up I eat well and uh, she tries to make me eat healthy but uh, she can make some of the, the best cornbread uh, around and, and uh, so I had to go cornbread and it, it could be regular cornbread it could be Mexican cornbread I, I love a good piece of cornbread you know we've talked a lot of, a lot of football but What's the first thing that, that, that you think about or what's the first thing that rolls off the tongue when you hear the word Appalachia? You know, you think, you know, together, community, security, home, all those things. You know, I, I don't know as far as if you can put it in one word. It's just to me, you know, I hear a lot of people say that I'll never come back to, to Pikeville and then you end up seeing them back here eventually because I think – there's, as you guys have both said, you know, that just something draws you back. It's a great place to raise a family, that sense of community, uh, the security that, uh, you know, I don't know why, but maybe it's these hills that that I feel, you know, more secure here than I would uh, somewhere else. But uh, it's just I, I've had a blessed life and, you know, super proud of where I came from, where I am. And uh, so I, I guess that's about it. We, we kind of ground our podcast on place and perspective. Place is really important for Neil and I. So we wanted to ask you just where do you – you've already alluded to it. You kind of already answered it. We already know the answer. But just where do you call home? What makes it home for you? It's downtown Pikeville, Kentucky. I just uh, kind of – I grew up a little bit out in the county. But since I moved back in 1996, we've been in downtown. And it's just – I don't know. And it's, and it's hard to describe to people from not – that aren't from here. But – there's just something so to me that is that is peaceful, tranquil about you know just being on you know just right outside the city on a little city street where there's not a whole lot going on, but you're you're not far from anything, uh, but you're far from everything. You know, as far as uh, there's not a whole whole lot around here, but at the same time, there's there's everything that I needs here. So it's a downtown. Pikeful, except for those three three days of hillbilly days. Hey, I'm trying to run on those days. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, Coach, I want to give you a, an opportunity before we let you go. You know, we know you're a busy man. We, we don't want to keep you all day. But just give you an opportunity if you want to brag on any of your players. I know as a coach, as a teacher, it's so important to put the kids first, um, especially as a t- teacher. You're teaching them so much. You're with them more than their parents. <laughs> So you're a really important person to them. Would you like to brag on any of them, either from an athletic standpoint, from a student standpoint, or just from a general person standpoint? Yeah, as far as far as this year's team, um, I think uh, you know we've got a free safety, Sam Wright, uh, who's 
probably midway through his freshman year, he he earned a starting position at, at safety, and he's he started every year. And you know, and that's the thing that that kids and Sam's one of the reasons that this works is that um, you know he's he started defense since he's been in high school, but he's also our scout team uh, safety. And he he plays the scout team just like he does on Friday night, and because he knows that that makes us better. We've got a lot of kids uh, like that. If if you're not a starter on offense, um, if it's team offense today, then you're over there trying to work on your defense position to make our offense better. But but point to him, and uh, so he's a leader on this year's team. Uh, Brendan Anthony has is a junior, and he started since he was a freshman as well. Just uh, you know, you guys would love him because he just. Uh, you know, he's a linebacker, fullback type, um, hard nose as, as they come. Uh, but he's also stepped up and been a leader. And uh, Isaac Duty's our quarterback and, you know, came in last year, uh, his first start year starting and, and was able to help lead us to a state championship. Now I've got two nephews on the team. If I don't shout them out, I'll get in trouble. But Jay and Henry McNamee, Jay's a senior and he's he's an offensive he starts offensive line for us and then Henry's just a freshman, but Henry's gonna be a good one too. And I and I hate kind of picking names because you don't know where to stop because they you know, you just and I guess it takes a little while to get a little bit older, but you realize what these kids do for you. Um and, you know, and they'll do they'll do you know, on that football field, they'll try to do anything you ask them to do. And uh so uh, just super proud of, of them. And, and I've got to give a shout-out to our coaches, too, because, you know, I, I said earlier, you got to have players, coaches overrated. But our our coaches, this is, you know, and Yogi was was part of this staff last year. But, um, you know, we, in my opinion, this is the best staff that, that I've had uh, in a long, long time, these past five or six years. And you look at – uh, like Paul Sullivan's our defense coordinator. He he played here for me at, at Pikeville. Uh, Brad Allen uh, was a former head coach at Eastridge, and he came down uh, as an assistant. Now is our assistant principal, Steve Johnson, who uh, you know played at Marshall, married a girl from here, and you know, and he just what they call paraprofessional, just coaches part time, but does a great job. Michael Braxton, you know, guy from Georgia, comes up here to UPike, plays football. Falls in love with a girl here, marries her, and uh, and he's coaching with us. Coaches our defensive line: Daniel Harmon, Dylan Hamilton, um, Nick King, the lawyer here at the bank across the street, a good friend of mine, and he coached our defensive backs. Those guys, you know, sacrifice a lot of their time for this program, and uh, we couldn't do it without them either. I know that there's a tradition that you didn't mention that you guys do that I wanted you to tell our listeners about because I think it's just. It paints a perfect picture of family, you know, what a close-knit community is all about. So every year when you can first start practice, will you kind of tell our listeners what you guys do? I believe you do it at midnight. Uh, And then also uh, about the uh, taking a picture in the bleachers of all your families together. So I'll let you talk about that. Yeah, and that's uh, – I'm glad you brought that up because it's, it's something – I don't know if it's unique to us. I see a lot of people doing their night practices now, but we've been doing it, I don't know, 10 years or so, and we know how important football is here. And, and you guys as former football players know how that first day of full pads is. And uh, and as a as a player, you look forward to that that practice. So we started, we started going at midnight. Uh, August 1st is the first day you can go full pads. But, you know, and then we started looking – when we were serious about winning a state championship, the it's always in uh, December. So, you know, last year I think it was December third. So last year's team, our practice started at twelve oh three a.m. and you know, and that's what we tell our kids. We we're practicing at twelve oh three because on twelve three, where we want to be is it in Kroger Field. This year it's on December first. We started practice at twelve oh one because I want those expectations. Uh, you know, we're not going to win it in the first two weeks, but we've got to know that, you know, this is a long process. It's a 15 week process, but we're ingrained in that. That's where we want to be. And uh, so that's kind of the start time, but you know, what's crazy about it is I think this year I've got a guy who does all the counting and he says, we had over 200 people here to watch our midnight practice this year. And, and from a coaching standpoint, it's probably the least productive 
football <laughs> practice right. you'll have because, you know, we, we don't want to keep them too late. You know, we want to get out there, we'll bang around a little bit, and just do uh, some first day type stuff. But uh, we practice about an hour and then we send them home and make sure everybody gets home. And uh, so we, we started that several years ago. I'm glad you reminded me of that. And then the family thing we started in 2019, but we have what we call family day. And, um, all the dads wear a maroon shirt that says family with our P on it. The the moms wear like a light gray or white shirt with a P on it. And then we put the boys in their uniforms. And uh, this year we've had to move it because the, that section of bleacher is a little bit too small. So we were down on the field and, uh, but it's the players, their parents, their siblings, grandparents, whoever they want it, whoever they consider family, that's who we want there. And, uh, because, uh, you know, that's, that's just what makes this thing go. And, you know, we talk about the players and all that, but I'm telling you what, you guys know is having kids, there's a sacrifice to, to making sure your kids are there at practice on time with what they need. You know, it, it's a big sacrifice on some of our parents. Um, and, uh, and I don't, I don't for a minute take that for granted because, you know, I know how important that is. When you talk about parents and schedules and all that, you know, that we try to, you know, as they come in and fresh as freshmen, you know, I'll have parents. We have this little remind group thing, and they'll message and like, "What times?" And I and I just ignore it. Um, and, but I but I grab their son and I say, "Your mother is asking me what time practice is," and you know, part of you being here is it's time for you now. You, know, you got to know what time practice was, and you tell your mother. And if you don't know, then you text one of your buddies and find out because uh, you know, it, and it's a, it's a whole process and. Uh, but we are one big family here and, you know, as family, there's most of the time we get along. Sometimes there's some crazy uncles you got to deal with, but uh, that's part of it. <laughs> well, I love it. I, I appreciate that yeah. coach. I, I spoke earlier this time of year is like, like Christmas morning for, for Neil, the, the start of football season. It's his, it's his favorite episode that we do having yeah. a coach on every year. And I think, we really downplayed how prolific your career has been at Pikeville, not only playing, but also as a as a head coach. You've really produced the gold standard there at Pikeville. I know they've had a long tradition, but you've really put something more into what Pikeville is. So we want to thank you for being here. We're really honored to have you on the show, not only important for the football team there in Pikeville, but for the community there in Pikeville. So just thanks for taking the time with us today. Guys, I appreciate it. I really do. And if uh, if I can give you one idea, hopefully your wife will listen to this and take this idea from me. Uh, maybe at the pregame on, on Saturday or the or the tailgate party or whatever, uh, your wife can plug it into a speaker somewhere and let everybody hear this interview so that uh, they can know how important each and every person in the Pikeville community is to you. And uh, thanks again for your time. Will, I told you Coach Mack would be humble, you know, spoken like a like a true coach there on several occasions. Uh, I knew he would uh, talk all about his players and all about his coaches and all about his program and his community, and, you know, he's exactly right. Obviously, this is going to be my favorite episode of the year, and, man, you, you alluded to it early in the conversation, but I think I had chills the whole time. Well, you, you know, you could hear – not only his passion for the sport, but his passion for the mountains and the kids that he coaches. I think I've heard him say before, it's not all about football. It's really about the community. It's really about family. It's really about the kids, the coaches. Um, it's just important for him. Born and raised in Pikeville, kind of drew him back after college. He's been there, been there for a long time. It's where he calls home. And I, I appreciated him being on here and appreciate what he had to say. Like a lot of like a lot of uh, people from Pikeville, will the coal industry, kind of what what got him to Pikeville and kept him in Pikeville, and uh, you know there's a lot of families that have that similar story. But Coach McNamee has uh, created an atmosphere there, created a, a a dynasty there that will live far beyond him. And uh, there's been some great coaches over there at Pikeville, but my goodness, man, I don't 
I don't know if uh, there's ever going to be one that, that tops this guy. So I appreciate him coming on. It was, it was good stuff. Yeah, definitely. And, and like we've said, you know, it, it's not all about football. It's not all about athletics. But the fact that a football team can bring the community together, there are a lot of other things, like we mentioned in the episode, Hillbilly Days, that can bring a community together. There's a lot of non-athletic things in the school that are important to Pikeville that really bring the community together. But this episode is you know, about football. And so we wanted to talk about how, you know, that team really brings the community together and has for a long time and how much of a family it is. So we, we, we want to thank him again for being on the show. But I wanted to ask you real quick, Neil, I, I know uh, we're talking about Pikeville, but do you have a do you have an at biz for us this week? Yeah, man. I, yeah, I can't think of a better one to highlight than uh... – and Coach's favorite restaurant over there, one of his favorite restaurants in Pikeville, Kentucky, the Broken Throne uh, downtown. I think they got a couple locations. Um, it's a microbrewery tap room, got music uh, over there in downtown Pikeville. Uh, if you go to their website, you can check them out, brokenthronebrewing.com. It says they focus on the spice of life variety. So uh, if you're in Pikeville or if you're anywhere close to Pikeville, make sure you stop by, stop in, tell them Coach Max sent you. Maybe they'll give him a free meal next time he's over there. Yeah, I think that's an excellent choice there, Neil. Coach Mack, I also wanted to point out, I appreciate him saying that if you put sugar in cornbread, then that's cake. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the man knows his cornbread. Uh, you got to appreciate that about him for sure. So what else, Neil, on, on this Christmas morning? You got anything else to add before before we go? Man, I'm just looking forward to opening up all these presents this weekend in the form of games galore. So uh, when those lights come on on Friday night, man, I know, I know there's a lot of people around the country that are going to be watching, but especially in Appalachia. It's a special time. Uh, it's a special place to be. Hopefully, if uh, you're listening to our episode, you, you only know the great things that go on in Pikeville, Kentucky. And if you want to, if you want to move to a small community that does things the right way, man, I can't think of a better example than, than Pikeville, Kentucky. Well said. And I think we really underplayed the matchup that they have this week on like, like a uh, uh, coach mentioned, coach Mack mentioned the Pike County bowl on Saturday, two top 20 teams in the state battling Pikeville and Johnston central. It, it has to be the game of the week. So uh, I just wanted to reiterate that, how important of a game it is. And we'll, I guess we'll find out next episode of uh, who comes out on top. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'm looking forward to it. And I guess, Neil, since we're towards the end, we can end it like we usually do. Till next time. Peace. I'm up in the mountains again. I'm getting lighter. The air's getting now I'm facing down with a grin I've been in the city too long Sidewalks and buildings and singing sad songs Now I'm back up where I belong in the mountains